Things were different then. Just us troopers and the Jedi, standing between Grievous and his droids and the rest of the universe. I fought everywhere, from Kamino to Tatooine, Rhodia to Coruscant. I saw worlds fall, and I learned much from the Jedi. Skywalker, Kenobi, young Ahsoka Tano. We stood together against everything they threw against us. We were heroes. The Jedi aren't just going to sit by while Grievous and his droids take over the whole universe. At least, that's what Anakin says. I'm supposed to listen to him. He's my master. I may just be a Padawan, but soon I will be a Jedi. And if that means I have to cut my way through a hundred droids, I will. Gladly. Before the dark times, before the Empire, still a powerful force for good in the galaxy, were the Jedi. The clone army stood with us. Against us, Grievous and his droids. Yet merely pawns they were, jewels of Count Dooku and his dark master. Stories from those days, these are, of battles fought, friendships forged, and Jedi at the peak of our power. Star Wars fans and Moof Milkers everywhere, welcome to this 22nd episode of Blast Point. Uh, this is Jason. Game again, too. And we're we're really unprepared because there is seriously so much so much stuff to talk about that we didn't even have time to get ready. Yeah, Lucasfilm is trying to kill us, I think, because every time we're like, okay, let's just take a break. There's been so much stuff over the last two weeks. It's hard to keep it all straight at this point. Maybe we should begin by talking about the Rogue One stuff. The official visual story guide, like a kind of like a template for it, was leaked out by some catalog or something. Like, did you understand how all that happened? I, I, it's Rebel Spies, as far as I know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Somebody somewhere got these, like. They're probably like what the mock-ups of the book, right? So a lot, a lot of the text is just nonsense text to just kind of fill out the layout. But so much information. Yeah, Jin Erso, which that's that's no big surprise. State your name for the record. Jin Erso. You got uh, Ben Mendelsohn figuring that you figured out his name is Director Krennic, which is a great name. We never had a director before. I don't think have we? Um, In Star Wars. Besides, besides George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Marquand, yeah, Erwin uh, Kirshner, J.J. Abrams, and the guys that directed the Ewok movies. Yeah. Um, but you know what I like about uh, direct, the director Krennic? Like, you have to sound evil when you say it. Yeah, you can't really say Krennic and not sound angry. Krennic. 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 
You got uh, Diego Luna as Captain Cassian Andor. Which I think some people are still thinking that that, that his name is the other name. Willix. The earlier name. What was it? Willix. 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 What's happening, Willix? <laughs> what you talking about, Willix? <laughs> but not Biggs. He's definitely not Biggs. Yeah. And he actually looks less Biggs-like in some of this uh, art, which was kind of nice. And then you got uh, the Enforcer droid, who is either K250 or K2SO. Yeah. Who's beautiful. You're so beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. No. (laughs) No, it's because I'm so in love with you. He's big and beautiful. He's big. We finally got to look at his face, and it's pretty much like a super battle droid body with a commando droid head. Kind of mixed with what EV ninety nine from Jedi. Mm-hmm. Which which do you like better, Gabe? Do you like K two five O or K two S O? I think the K two S O made more sense because it does kind of fit like the C three P O kind of naming convention. I like just saying K two S O. Yeah, I'm just so excited to have a. A battle droid back and have him be apparently a part of the main crew so it's not like a background character like there's going to be potentially lots of giant droid running around cracking jokes slipping and falling <laughs> riding in the train or on escalators whatever they do in the death star D- dressing up like a lady to disguise himself <laughs> yeah they didn't show his disguise in the trailer no <laughs> What will you become? <laughs> a beautiful lady. Um. A robot in a dress. <laughs> roger, roger. You got, you got Bays. I think that's how you're pronouncing it. Um, the flamethrower guy. We used to know him as flamethrower guy. Now he's Bays. Or yep. Baze. Maybe, I don't know. Baze. Baze. Um, you got Bodhi Rook, who is the dude nobody's really excited about, the other yeah. rebel guy. <laughs> Dude, yeah, there'll, be plenty, there'll be plenty of his figure to buy on uh, on Force Friday or whatever day the toys come out. <laughs> I wanted a Jin Air, so I guess I just got to get a Bodie Root. A Bodie, yeah. Maybe he'll come with a surfboard, though. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be pretty sweet. There's one set for stun. You got Donnie Yan's char- character, Chirut, who they describe as a spiritual warrior. Yeah. And then the the stars of the squad, really. The real, yeah, the real stars of the whole movie. You got Pow, who surprise, surprise, nobody told us that there is going to be a screaming CG <laughs> alien thing. Yeah. Well, we or maybe not. He might be a a rubber mask that never closes its mouth. <laughs> let's, oh, <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope yeah. so. Real, it's got a real dry mouth. Yeah. He's just constantly pouring water into it. <laughs> it's like a hose pouring. <laughs> yeah. That's why he wasn't in the trailer. He was off looking for the hose on the Death Star. <laughs> and, then, and then you got uh, Bistan, who, is he a Wookiee? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he is, but he's beautiful. <laughs> You're so beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. No, <laughs> no, it's because I'm so in love with you. It's amazing. Yeah, I, he's like Ewok Wookie. He's got. It looks like his suit usually has a, a helmet. Maybe. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do other than warm everyone's heart. 
like when this that morning when this came out, uh, there was that the the amazing art. Uh, it looks like by Brian Rude. It's got to be by Brian Rude. Um, but yeah, in the back was these two aliens. <laughs> I seriously almost died. Yeah, because I was busy like, oh look, it's the robot, and then. <laughs> My eyes moved around and I'm like, whoa, wait, wait a second. <laughs> they, <laughs> no one warned us. There's something they weren't telling us about this yeah. movie. We told them not to not to just spring this stuff on us. We need some he- <laughs> we need a heads up. <laughs> An advanced phone call. Yeah. Uh he see I mean he kind of looks like a wolf. He could be a new creature, a new alien. I don't know. Then uh we got news on the TIE Striker. Yeah, new ships. Awesome. Pretty much all all of my dreams have been answered. That it's like it's going back in time, but they're not. Seems like they're not being afraid to add new stuff. So we got kind of more new stuff than Force Awakens in a way. Like we got uh, two new ships, right? The Tie Striker. Yeah, like the, the Rebel U Wing Starfighter thing, which looks really cool. Actually, you know what I was thinking too with the U Wing. I bet you that's what Donnie Yen's wife was talking about. Oh, she thought it was the the Snowspeeder because. If they just built the cockpit part, it would look like a snowspeeder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like one painting had a big old 1977-looking Darth Vader head in the background. Yeah, so pretty much is that officially Vader's in the movie, I would think? Yeah, I, I think so. I th- Yeah, I think so. You got a better look at that awesome-looking Imperial tank thing. Yep, with uh, looks like the tank commanders have new helmet designs, even different than the uh, scarab troopers or whatever they were calling them. Right. And then I don't. Did you notice too on the on that main front cover with the adats? You can really see how orange they're painted on the side. Yeah, there's like a big orange block on the side. Yeah, so they're either just painted orange, or maybe they're like construction ones, and they're carrying shipping crates or something. Like who knows? Who knows? <laughs> There was a some good pictures too of the of uh, the director standing in front of the the black stormtroopers, which according to the book are called the death death troopers, right? So right, you can kind of see the little green lights on their helmets, which was in some of the spy reports earlier on that they have like green lights, green for go, yeah, <laughs> go crazy, go green, crazy, green, go to the go. movie, go crazy. <laughs> some of the guns are crazy. Oh. I didn't look. At, I didn't look at super close to the guns. What's going on? So, like, well, the, the main cover one, like Donnie Yen has like this giant bowcaster thing that looks like a bowcaster crossed with those those things in cartoons where they would like spray bug poison at things. <laughs> so <laughs> he's got like this bug sprayer crossbow, and then uh, the Blaze guy has a gun that looks like it's attached to his belt. So, and he's supposed to be the uh, the weapons dude. So it looks like he's got some kind of like I don't know, like robotic mechanical guns that pop out of his suit or something. Oh no! And then yeah, the guy who's not Biggs has this like big tube gun. What does Bodhi Rook have? Does he have like a slingshot or something? <laughs> he's he just has like a regular old looking uh, rebel blaster kind of. Oh, and, but he's got goggles. Yeah, Bodhi so that's Rook. good. Yeah. And Donnie Yen has, like, really blue eyes, it looks like. So either he's not blind or has robot eyes or he just has blue eyes because he's from space. But, yeah, it's like just when I was getting over all this Rogue One madness, 
Yeah. Then all the episode eight stuff came out. Yeah. Along comes episode eight. Get drummer. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight. Showing up at the party. <laughs> making every- yeah, we're, we're all ready to go to sleep. Yeah. And then episode eight shows up. Everybody wake up. Yeah. Who wants to party? <laughs> so, episode eight's here. So things started pretty pretty normal with episode eight. You know, there was interviews with Oscar Isaac and John Boyega where they were both saying, oh, it's going to be dark and blah, blah, blah. And the characters are going to be tested and, you know, interesting stuff, but nothing too crazy. And then there was yeah. stuff about Tom Hardy playing a stormtrooper. And, like, there's a scene where he thinks Finn is undercover for the First Order and in the in the Resistance, and that's all well and good. But there's then, a little bit about uh, the new character, too. Yeah, John Buega let it slip that he had a lot of scenes with uh, Kelly Tran. But then, then, midway last week, everybody almost dies of a heart attack. Making Star Wars drops a bomb of, a, like, talking about a scene that's in episode eight yeah and this is where if you don't want to know if you're spoiler phobic take a break go write us a five-star review on itunes and come back we'll be done and, and we'll be done we'll be all done yeah uh, or we'll or we'll be dead from talking about it yeah either way we, either way you won't get spoiled hello there hello there Hello there. All right, so we'll just go through what they were saying. Uh, this is this is this is the heavy stuff. Luke and Ray are on the Achu planet. It's nightfall and it starts to rain. Kylo and the Knights of Ren show up on the coast, which I liked reading that, like thinking that they show up on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they do. There was a, they were shooting people on a boat at the other stuff. Let's hope. Yeah, uh, dark side boat. Dark side boat, or maybe a rowboat. Um, Kylo Ren doesn't have his mask on, so he went and got all of his buddies, his Knights of Ren buddies, and Kylo Ren has the same lightsaber. He's got the six Knights of Ren, seven of them with Kylo. Kylo goes over to Rey. They start dueling. The Knights go after Luke Skywalker. The first Knight has a big old axe. It's that dude, and he gets force-pushed, gets taken, gets taken down. More Knights start coming up to Luke. Luke pulls out his green saber, lights it up, and just mows through them one by one. Uh, Ray and Kylo are on a cliff fighting. Luke, having taken care of all the Knights of Ren, casually walks over to Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren just takes the hell off. Yeah. Uh, And I I really hope Luke says, more like the Knights of Ren. And and uh, the fight may continue in the ruins of the Jedi Temple. Um, that'll probably be filmed on like a soundstage or something. But holy smokes! Yeah, Luke action. Potentially his old green sabers back. Knights of Ren. I don't know. Just, yeah, Luke, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. I like I read this and I just imagine Luke Skywalker just like never breaking a sweat. Like, yeah. These dudes coming up to him, these Knights of Ren, and Luke is just like lifting a finger, and these guys are going flying through the air. It's such a good story! <laughs> Seriously! I'm Luke sorry. is so cool in this one. Amazing. Really. Yeah. 
Luke pulls out his Return of the Jedi saber, just starts tearing through them. Like, not even, just like, whatever. This is not a competition for me at all. And, I don't know, it's just going to be so interesting, Luke and Kylo, like, what the two of them think of each other. Right, yeah, because there's definitely a lot of history there. And Kylo's got to know he can't, he can't take on Luke by himself. No. But all this makes me wonder, you know, if this is really happening, when does this happen in the film? Like, is this... At the beginning, when they're still on Achu, is it in the middle? Because do you think Kylo's had more training before this part? Or is this just kind of like a recap of him getting beat in the last movie that really forces him to go into like the training mode before the big finale of the movie? Yeah. And, but, it, and it makes me think, where, where were these other Knights of Ren during Force Awakens? Who are the Knights of Ren? Even you, master of the Knights of Ren, have never faced such a test. Right, because we've only seen that flashback. Right. I think some people were speculating maybe it's not a wasn't a flashback, and this is actually the scene that she saw in the in the vision. That's what I was thinking too, because they talk about how it's nightfall, it's raining. I mean, or this whole scene could be the vision. I don't know. Is anyone talking about that? This the part we saw in the vision in Force Awakens. This is more of that flashback. Oh yeah, definitely. I think so. Definitely. But I guess Ray wouldn't necessarily be fighting Kylo in the flashback. Well, Kylo was know. moving towards her. Yeah, man. The more we know, the more it makes us crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is outrageous. It's outrageous. This is outrageous. But I, I swear to God, Luke Skywalker pulling out his saber like that, it could kill us. You failed, Your Highness. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Yeah, every, people are going to go nuts. I, like as soon as that pops out and it turns on, the theater's going to go nuts. They're just going to, glass is going to drop from the ceiling. <laughs> Everyone's just going to get all cut up. But they won't care. There's going to be so much screaming. <laughs> just screaming and smoke. The ushers are going to come running in. Like someone's dying in there. Ah! <laughs> yeah. the, I then there was more talk of a part of like a scene where there's like a crashed spaceship and all the Knights of Ren are kneeling around like this cr- crashed spaceship. Yeah, something on fire, and they're all kneeling around it, and either somebody, maybe somebody's going to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Knights of Ren. Knights of Ren. Sounds like they got a lot more to do in 8. Yeah. Which is, man, this is going to be crazy if the movie starts and they're still there. The Knights of Ren just show up right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, what if if that's like the first, you know, 10 minutes of the movie? It could be. That's why they ultimately leave the planet, just because they're like, just got too rough. Yeah. (laughs) Things got too real. Yeah. We got to get out of here. Star Wars, the Clone Wars. The droid army has launched a full-scale attack, but clone reinforcements have just arrived. It's the massive all-terrain tactical enforcer. The ATTE has enough firepower to take down the droid army with projectile launchers, a main blaster cannon, 
and room enough to carry an entire squad of clone troopers into battle. Move out. Let's go. The droid army doesn't stand a chance with the ATTE. ATTE comes with one figure. Other figures sold separately. Batteries not included. So it's by the time episode eight finally comes out in theaters, it will actually be, in 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 the United States, it'll actually be the tenth Star Wars movie, including Rogue One, to come out in theaters, which is crazy because most people forget about what that extra Star Wars movie that came out in theaters was. It's the Clone Wars movie. The infamous Clone Wars movie. Came out in 2008, August. It was August 2008, right? Mm, That sounds right, yeah. End of the summer. It kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, because, I mean, they didn't even know when they were making it, it was going to be in the theater until the last minute. So I think I was aware that they were making the cartoon and that that was coming at some point. But yeah, the fact that it was going to be a theatrical release was out of nowhere. I remember back in Celebration 3, uh, George Lucas announced two things, that there was going to be a half-hour Clone Wars cartoon, which at that time we all kind of assumed it was still going to be the the Jendi-style Clone Wars cartoon, and that there was going to be a Star Wars live-action show, that both were going to be coming. Well, we've been talking uh, about Star Wars TV series. Um, we're working on one right now, which is Clone Wars, which has been on the air, and we're going to try to expand that into a half an hour of uh, 3D animation. And, uh, and then we're also working on a live-action series, a spin-off, not with the main characters, but with other characters from the Star Wars universe. Uh, and uh, that will be uh, trying to put that together in the next year, and then we have to... Uh, write a year's worth of scripts so we can do it the way we did Young Indiana Jones. Then, uh, according to the story, George Lucas was watching some of the footage, some of the early footage from the Clone Wars TV show, and he said that this should they should have a theatrical launch. And he said uh, it was almost an afterthought. And at the time, Howard Rothman, the head of Lucasfilm like licensing, said about it that sometimes George works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Yeah, and it's still it's crazy to think about because I I think we've talked about this where it's like I don't think we'll ever have a situation like this again that I can imagine in the near future where there's you know something like Lucasfilm at that time where they're just like yeah we made this thing we're just gonna put it out in theaters and someone's like okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds good let's do it <laughs> let's do it um, so it was launched pretty quickly. With the usual amount of hoopla, I mean, there was there was there was a Force Friday. There was like a midnight toy sale for Clone Wars. Uh, there were video games. It opened up to pretty miserable reviews. It it yeah. got eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, yeah, Entertainment Weekly said it was one of the worst five films of that year. Uh, Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News, who generally loves everything, absolutely hated it. Uh, Ebert, Roger Ebert specifically called out Ahsoka Tano as being annoying in his review. It was pretty well hated. Richard, I've seen Lego reenactments of Return of the Jedi on YouTube with more going for him than our next film, Star Wars The Clone Wars. What we have here, besides a failure to communicate any of the Star Wars magic to audiences, is a knockoff 
and a tie-in to the Clone Wars TV series debuting this month. The animation here, which looks like woodcuts that failed to get animated, is alarmingly mediocre. And yes, for the record, the quality of animation does matter in an animated feature. George Lucas himself executive produced this picture, which takes place chronologically between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. But while the Star Wars brand is gold, Clone Wars feels like the clone of a clone of the son of a clone, and as Yoda would say, skip this thing you should. Or even sucks this movie does. I don't know you anymore. Anakin, you're breaking my heart. You're going down a path I can't follow. It was, it was a strange time, really strange time for Star Wars, because we were coming out of the prequels. We were about three years out from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And the the fan base seemed strange. Like there was um at, right in two thousand eight there was it was kind of the start of uh what I always think of as like the joke period where the biggest things people were getting excited about were like uh family guy, Star Wars tributes and Yeah, well, because at the time it, the movies were done and everyone was kinda like getting okay, the movies are done. We have these six movies and then you're kinda like, you know, what else am I gonna be interested in yeah <laughs> for a, for a while here yeah and then it was like oh they're gonna make a cartoon okay that's cool but for yeah most i think the average person probably wasn't really expecting this to come no so gabe what was your what was your opening night how did you first see the clone wars movie what was what was your experience with it well, I was lucky because I was, uh, for my work, I work in uh, video games, so we get to go to the SIGGRAPH Animation uh, Conference every once in a while, and I was, happened to be at SIGGRAPH that year, and they did a, like, a premiere screening kind of thing at SIGGRAPH at the uh, Nokia Theater uh, in downtown L.A., which was pretty cool because it was, the anyone who had, was, uh, had tickets for SIGGRAPH could go to this for free, and uh, they had, John Knoll was there, and he interviewed Dave Filoni basically on stage before the movie and asked him a bunch of questions about you know, how he came to work with Lucasfilm and about the movie, which unfortunately at this point, I can't remember anything <laughs> that anybody said, but I'm sure he told a story about Plo Kloon because he usually does. So, right. but uh, it was cool, you know, to see it in that capacity. They had stormtroopers come out and they had a really nice digital projector there and it was really loud. That's a little bit different than when you saw it. Yes. Yeah, so I went to go see it. <laughs> I went to go see it at my neighborhood theater. Um, which is like five minutes from my house, same place I saw Force Awakens. And I went at midnight, like a Thursday night or whenever it came out. And it was me and maybe about four other guys <laughs> at the midnight show for Clone Wars. And which was weird because I. Like, no, I had no idea what to expect. And I was like, well, it's a Star Wars movie. So I got there, like, really early, thinking it was going to be, like, a Star Wars movie. Because I just didn't know what was going to happen. And there was nobody there. I remember the previews before the Clone Wars movie were all kids' movies. Like, really horrible-looking kids' movies. And, like, commercials for, like, juice boxes and stuff like that. It was weird. It was weird. Like it was. It, it was weird to go see, like, sit in the theater and be like, "Is is this a Star Wars movie?" Like, is it was. It was the first. the The audience kind of after it was done, everyone just kind of got up and walked out really fast. There was none of the usual 
cheering and people's looking at each other and talking in the lobby afterwards, like with like you compare to like opening night of Force Awakens for everybody, even if you hated it, people were still talking to each other yeah. afterwards. Well, even any of the prequel movies, as yeah. much as people say they don't like them, like the the night of the movie, people are usually in a pretty good mood. Yeah, it was. It's always a party, um, and this was definitely not a party. This party's over. It was kind of a sour night and i i remember clearly driving home and kind of being like i don't think i liked that like i really <laughs> didn't really enjoy that very much at all like and i was just kind of and i felt weird because it's like it was star it was called star wars and it had people with lightsabers and anakin and obi-wan but i at first i didn't like ahsoka at all Who's the youngling? I'm Master Skywalker's Padawan. The name's Ahsoka Tano. So I thought you said you'd never have a Padawan. There's been a mix-up. The youngling isn't with me. Stop calling me that. You're stuck with me, Sky Guy. <laughs> what did you just call me? <laughs> don't get snippy with me, little one. You know, I don't even think you're old enough to be a Padawan. Well, maybe I'm not. But Master Yoda thinks I am. Well, you're not with Master Yoda now. So if you're ready, you better start proving it at the time was very loyal to the Jendi show. I was like that. I was, I remember watching the Clone Wars movie and being like that Jendi show was so good. And this is so crappy. Why did they go with this? Why did anyone think this was good? And you know, my, well, we'll get into later. My feelings on the show have changed greatly, but so it, it and, and that takes us to some questions like in, in perspective now, cause everyone's watched, most people have watched the entire series now. We have. Yeah. In perspective, after watching the whole series, is it really that bad? And also, did did it should it have come out in theaters? Yeah. Well, one of the things is I think I just, you know, I saw it in a completely different situation than you and because it was a, an animation conference, I think most of the people I was there with they I don't remember seeing, I mean, one, it was actually a full house of, you know, the theater they had it in. Um, wasn't actually a movie theater, though. It was just like a, I don't even remember what the Nokia theater. I think it's like a theater you'd have concerts or something in, and they just happen to have a screen in there. Okay. But, um, yeah, people seem, like, people I talked to kind of liked it, because I think, you know, people who didn't like the prequels actually liked this better, because it had a little more of the, the banter and more focused, I guess, on a smaller group of people. But I don't see. I don't get that at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I read one review in preparation. I don't remember who said it, but I, I read one review um, from when the movie came out, where someone said, uh, "You remember how the prequels came out, and everyone said how horrible they were, but they really weren't that bad." Someone said <laughs> the, the Clone Wars movie is that bad. <laughs> I don't know, because for me. The first, I, well, part of it, I was really excited for it to come out because I had been like following it's it coming, and I remember seeing stills from it, and I remember seeing the trailer, and I was really pumped to go see it. And for me, really, the first time watching it, the only thing that really bugged me was the music. Yeah, because it was weird to see it, and I know you know now knowing about it that they they really George wanted them to kind of change up the way the music was, so it was its own thing, but. 
it felt really weird to see a Star Wars movie that looked like a Star Wars movie but didn't sound like a Star Wars movie because basically once they get into the middle section of the middle and end really section of the movie, like the music is so far from what you're used to hearing in a Star Wars movie that I really think that's part of what turned people off. in the Star Wars formula that that just wasn't what they were accustomed to. In addition to just, it's very stylized, and if you weren't prepared for what it was, it, it, it's kind of jarring. Yeah. It's unfortunate because, you, like, any TV show, it's first, because basically what we're watching is, I feel like, the first three or four episodes kind of hobbled together, glued together yeah. weirdly. Um, well, it's like watching the pilot, which is always kind of rough because even if it's a well-done pilot it doesn't usually match the show no especially like a great show that can go on for several 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 seasons and find its footing and find the way it's going to tell stories those for the it's it's weird that movie's weird yeah because it just starts right off too i mean there's no real kind of it doesn't ease you into it i mean it, it's i guess it's star wars in that way where it just starts and it's already it's already happening and you're just kind of thrown in the middle of it um, actually, another thing to bring up, though, which is kind of interesting now with um, Disney owning Lucasfilm, is this was the first Star Wars movie that didn't have the 20th Century Fox start. It didn't have the fanfare. It just had the Warner Brothers logo. Yeah, and it opens up with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Really yeah. interesting. Which I remember then, people were really like super duper nervous that like the Force Awakens was going to have like uh, like the Disney Castle or something. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if I'm gonna like it if it's got the Disney castle. I might hate the whole thing. Yeah, it's all garbage now. Oh, they ruined it. Great. Yeah. Ah. Oh, and then also they got rid of the crawl and did the little kind of uh, news recap thing that became you know a signature of the show. But at this time, this is the first we saw of that too, where it was like the narrator and the the quick cuts of you know things from either future episodes or just stuff they shot just to kind of set the tone yeah i remember sitting in the theater and being like what the hell is this even at like the 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 news thing like is this starship troopers what's going on what the animation is still pretty rough it's rough but i give them credit for they really weren't holding back like they try to do some crazy stuff and some of some of the action stuff is really cool they did yeah. But it's rough, yeah. I mean <laughs> you think this is the same year that Wally came out. Like it's like a month after Wally came out. Yeah. And you think about how Wally looked. And not that Clone Wars looks bad, not that Clone Wars is like junk, but like the whole super marionation, like wooden puppet thing. It was weird at first. You get used to it watching the TV show. Yeah. But like on a big screen, it's like, whoa, this is weird. Yeah, then that's where I I feel bad for for Dave Filoni and the crew where it's like they didn't know they were making a movie until they were it was too late kind of. Yeah. And if you know what it is and what it what the time they had and kind of yeah, what they were working with, it's pretty impressive, but for yeah, the average person who's like used to what theatrical animation is, it's totally yeah, it's like watching a TV show pilot at the theater. 
when I watched it again recently to get ready for this, I was like, man, I really wish, I really wish the movie just wouldn't have happened because I wish it just would have been the first four whatever episodes. Just show me those. Yeah. Or do it as a TV movie like they did with either the Ewok movies or even uh, when Rebels started, they did like the one hour kind of movie version of the first couple episodes. Right. Like even now, even now looking back at we're only two seasons into Rebels and you look at how far Rebels has come even from that first episode. Yeah. Well, I think actually thinking back, I wonder, I think he may have talked about this at the um, at the screening, just how like they ran out. They didn't have time. So like when you get to the middle of the movie, like when they get to Tatooine, there's nothing on the ground. Like there's no rocks and there's no any sort of like set dress or things just filling up the scene because they didn't, they just hadn't had time to make any of that stuff. You know, one of the things you always want to do as an artist and one reason why you don't get overwhelmed is that, well, this is what you want to do. So you're just trying to find in your career a way to get an opportunity to say, Hey, yeah, I can do that. You know, and I, a lot of people in my crew feel that same way. I have a lot of people from various disciplines, various countries working on the show, and we've all come together and said, you know, we want to do this. And not only do we want to do it, whether it's a TV series or not, we want to make it like a movie every week. We want to put it up on the big screen. And uh, we worked hard so that George would believe in it enough to do just that. Well, it, it's the weird thing with that movie, too. Part of it, what makes it so funky is that it's so clear that you're watching episodes because there are plots that, like, the whole, like, I okay, I, will, I, I really have grown to love Stinky. Like, a lot. Yeah. But the, the sick Stinky thing, it kind of comes out of nowhere. And, like, you're introduced to Zero the Hut, like, in the last 20 minutes of the movie. And all of a sudden, there's, like, the whole story with, like, Padme and Zero yeah. the Hut. And then, like, bing, 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 the movie's over. Yeah. No, I really noticed that watching it again this time. Because I've, it's funny, because I watched it at the at that uh, opening day. And then I kind of feel bad, because I never went and watched it again at the theater to no. see if, yeah, if there was anybody even there. <laughs> and then since then, I've, I've watched it quite a few times, but usually in, in bits and pieces. So I think this is the first time in a long time where I actually just sat and watched it start to finish. And, yeah, it does really, it feels like three episodes, and it... it <laughs> It's yeah, it gets really weird by the end. Yeah, here like by the end, it's kind of hard to keep track of what exactly is going on. You tried to call for help, Senator. I believe you are too dangerous to be kept alive. Killing a galactic senator here on Coruscant? Are you out of your mind? I have powerful friends in the Senate. I'm not afraid of that. It starts out strong though. It does. It 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 does, but it's like even watching it now, like the the really wacky battle droids were new to us, and like the the introduction of Ahsoka is so kind of forced and kind of awkward. She literally just comes off a ship, and it's just like, "Hey, guess what? You got a new Padawan." <laughs> yeah. And Anakin, even Anakin, is like. Why do I have a new Padawan? Nobody should be giving me a Padawan. Yeah. And they're just like, too bad, you got one. And yeah. she comes off and she's like, like, hey, Sky Guy. And he's like, you're snippy. I'm going to call you Snips. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> that part didn't bother me. 
Like when we talked about the the Twilight of the Apprentice, it's like I was kind of bummed that she didn't call him Sky Guy and he didn't call her Snips one more time. Well, it's like because that and that's the thing that like the okay. So here's full confession. I saw the movie right, and I was like, I don't, I don't know, you know, like yeah. It's like you know, it's like your best friend started dating some girl that you really don't like. But you still really like the guy, but you're just like, man, he's acting weird around that girl. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm just going to give him his time to work out whatever he's going on. Um, that's how I felt about Star Wars yeah. during that time. Cold Wars. Dude, Star Wars in general. Oh, Star Wars in general. Oh, man. Okay. That I was like. Well, yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, because we, I think I talked to you that night and it was like, what, like four in the morning by the time we yeah, because you you weren't sleeping. No, because I was in California, so it was like the time was completely different. And you still, yeah, I still talked to you after the midnight. Yeah, I think I was just like staring out a window <laughs> with like a bottle of whiskey in my hand. Yeah, because I just got dumped by Star Wars. I felt like <laughs> I had to re- Star Wars doesn't love you anymore. No, I had to, re- I had to reevaluate <laughs> everything in my life. So then, time goes on. Time goes on. I, I, I was like, well, I'm not giving up on Star Wars. I refuse to give up on Star Wars. So I, I watched like the first like four or five episodes of Clone Wars on Cartoon Network. The first episode with Yoda and the Clone Troopers. The first episode that aired on TV. And then the whole, um, the whole Mevolence arc. I watched all of those and I was like, these are better than the movie. Like all of these episodes are better than the movie. But then I got behind... I stopped watching. I missed some episodes. And then I think the next one I watched was the the Mortis arc because people were saying that Liam Neeson was back as Qui-Gon. Yep, I remember that. And I was I remember watching that and being like, wow, the animation has gotten a lot better. But I remember thinking, I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, that that episodes those are episodes are weird enough coming from watching the whole season to just jump right into those. Nobody still knows what the hell's going on yeah. in those episodes. I remember being like, I seriously don't know what anyone's talking about here. But by that time, you what were you you were telling me during that time, what were you telling me? I was telling you to watch it. Yeah. Because yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, the movie was rough, but I it was a, it was new Star Wars on every week. So I was watching the show, and I really liked the show. And the show didn't disappoint in the fact that it was all the crazy prequel characters I liked. And then they would just do crazy stuff like go to the moons of Iago and see the angels and <laughs> just wacky stuff. So I was like, you got to watch it. <laughs> it's really a show for you. So then but I kept saying, well, I'm so behind at this point. And at that point, there was no way to catch up. Yeah, that's true. It was on... Yeah, you would watch it, and maybe, I mean, I guess the DVD Blu-rays had probably been out, but, you know, they're so expensive. They were so expensive, and I was like, ah, yeah, I know I'm behind. You're probably right. I trust you, but I was like, as soon as they come on Netflix, I'll watch them. They came on Netflix, and I watched the last three episodes of season six of The Lost Missions with Yoda. Yeah, Yoda going to Dagobah and all that stuff, and it blew me up. So then I'm like, okay, that was unbelievable. So I backtracked, and I went from those three episodes to the movie again. 
<laughs> this is this is right when that came on Netflix. So this is this is like a few years ago now, right? It would have been not too long after the the Disney. It was kind Disney of right thing, after yeah. the Disney sale, yeah. But it was nice watching those last three episodes and how freaking incredible those are to kind of see like, okay, well this this movie does not represent the show. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it kind of <laughs> does represent the show. It's just the show got better at what it was representing. And the movie because, is really, it's for the kids. And because the thing, the movie, the biggest thing I think that hurt the movie is they didn't know it was a movie when they started. And they didn't have the resources to, to really finish it. Because I still think there's some great stuff in there. And I think, like, action-wise, they... You know, true to Star Wars, they tried to do stuff that you'd never seen before, like the whole droid battle at the beginning with the Jedi's jumping around on the big giant octopus droids is really cool. Yeah, the ATTE crawling up the cliff, that whole scene, like it's you're basically watching the animatics of a better movie, and unfortunately, they didn't get to finish the movie. You just saw the animatics. Yeah. Um, because that was a cool action scene where you know Anakin's on the little droid speeder flying around and. And then some of the character stuff, like Stinky's just completely ridiculous that they're like, let's, everyone likes Jabba the Hutt. Well, <laughs> let's see if you still like Jabba the Hutt because now he has a little son. And Zero. And then Zero shows up just out of nowhere. And then, yeah, they're like, they get, what did they say? They originally, he talked just like Jabba and Lucas, George Lucas was like, no, I want to talk like True and Capote. <laughs> so he's just totally out there. We got to see Ventress, who you know becomes a fan favorite, and she had only been in the comics, I think, really. Oh, comics, and then the Gendy, the Gendy cartoon at that point. It did some cool stuff. I mean, it was, and I thought for being a cartoon too, like they, they got much better at it as the series went on. But like they tried to to frame the shots and kind of film it like a Star Wars movie. Like it didn't look like a TV show version of a Star Wars movie. Like, I mean, it looked like animatics for a movie. So it was, you know, it was framed like a movie and edited like a movie, and it was just really rough. <laughs> Really rough in all the edges. Well, and there, there is. I mean, yeah, like there is a lot of stuff that though the movie does get that does really well. Like when watching it again, just very recently after, because when I watched it this last week, it was the first time I've watched it after watching the whole series and the whole Clone Wars ep- episodes many, many, many times. But the basics of the Anakin Ahsoka relationship that you know, carries on into all the way into Rebels is really started in the movie. Yeah. And it's done pretty well. Like if you can, because watching it now and having so much love now for the characters like Ahsoka or Rex or the characters that were completely new to the Filoni Clone Wars series, like when Rex comes on and you see him and Ahsoka first meet, it's really kind of neat to see that now. We're seeing like Ahsoka and Anakin's first real kind of conversations. You're reckless, little one. You never would have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan. But you might make it as mine. long-term favor of the story that it is kind of so rough at the beginning because it really does you really do feel the progression of 
the quality of the show and of the story and the characters because it is kind of it's really goofy and, and almost borderline painful when they first meet. So when they, you know, actually grow into these really interesting characters, it, it, it makes it easier to, to take it all down kind of. Yeah. I guess it's more gratifying to see where they come up because it wasn't sure. like, it, it's a very broad arc from where they started and where they finished. Like in almost, yeah. Like in every way, like the characters, the animation, everything. You know, and another thing, <laughs> They did do some really nice stuff of trying to tie into to things with the with the prequel movies too. Like, well, first off, it's it's bizarre that they got uh, the Sam Jackson and Christopher Lee came back to do their character voices. Yeah, which is cool. But then, like, uh, Anakin or Obi Wan's talking the the clone pilot oddballs in there. Yeah, who gets who gets killed in Revenge of the Sith? So we get a little bit more of oddball. I really then, like. Obi Wan um, calling Ventress my darling, yeah, and like the whole part with Obi Wan um, basically sipping tea, being the negotiator. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. There's they basically play up the he's the negotiator in a bunch of the scenes. Uh, yeah, that all of that is great. Almost every part with Obi Wan is really really great. The part where Anakin talks about going home and they do the sand people, <laughs> like from, like from Revenge of the Sith, is great. It wasn't the first time, Anakin. Remember what you told me about your mother and the Sand People? They also did some they did some cool stuff with the some of the battles too of taking advantage of it being animation. There's some some a couple of the shots where it's like from the clone trooper's perspective or like a camera attached to one of their guns when they're running around. There's, you know, the the clones punching the droids and there's cool stuff in there. Cause I I've heard of people that are like oh yeah I've watched the Clone Wars series but I didn't even realize there was a movie because like on Netflix they're two separate things. Yeah, which is kind of weird. You would think they would stick them all together. I almost almost surprised they didn't like cut it back into episodes. I feel like the Clone Wars movie would play better as three or four whatever it was individual episodes. Yeah, I did. I like the part with. Uh, with the medical droid, she calls him Doctor Droid, <laughs> and he's just a, grou- a grouchy hologram. Give <laughs> uh, this bill. <laughs> um, and then at Zero's bar, there's a robot with a bow tie. So that part, I appreciated that. So it's got its moment. I just remember sitting in the theater, and by the time Zero the Hut came in, it's it's literally. Like 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 I said, it's really like twenty minutes left. The movie's almost done, and I remember being like, "What is happening here? What is this now? Is this movie is this movie ever gonna end? Yeah. <laughs> like what? Do I still like Star Wars? Yeah. It's yeah. It's like the ultimate Star Wars test. You think you like Star Wars? <laughs> Do you still think you like Star Wars? <laughs> Watch the Clone Wars movie. Then then you can decide whether or not you still really like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I still like it. But yeah, I think the, to me, still, the music's the roughest part. So I asked, uh, I asked folks on Twitter to describe their feelings on the Clone Wars movie in five words or less. Uh, we got some good ones. We got a bunch. You ready for them? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Okay. Uh, our friend Ian who on Twitter is uh, The Porch Awakens, said, 
Outrageous, 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 outrageous. Really good. That's good. Uh, Cad Bane, the, the real Cad Bane, said uh, underrated Star Wars gem. Yep. Franklin Taylor said uh, to Rex, experience outranks everything. Okay. That's true. Um, Shannon, this is a good one, said Ahsoka is, was necessary for Anakin. Okay. Uh, our friend Dave Scheidt said, trust me, it gets better. That's a good one. <laughs> That's good. Andrew in Belfast said the start of an epic journey. That's good. I like it. You know, so. I, so it almost seems like no one hates it as much as you did. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. Okay. I've grown to appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said, you know, it's not Star Wars if it's not a little bit rough. Yeah, and that yeah, that goes back it, to like the first episode of Blast Points and it's very true. It's got Clone Wars is plenty rough. <laughs> it kept it too real for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I recommend like if you if it's been a while since you've watched it and you've watched if you've watched the whole Clone Wars series, I'd say go back to it. Give it another chance. At least just to see how Anakin and Ahsoka start. Yeah. And definitely, too, I think you could always watch it, and it's pretty obvious when it switches episodes. You yeah. You can take a break, come back, watch it, take a break, and it's a little less tedious. <laughs> I was actually timing it on my phone, and it literally is like the TV show. It's like every 22, 23 minutes, you can kind of be like, okay, yeah, that's where this episode ends. Which fits because I mean that's one of the things the show really did great was these you know three and four episode arcs mm-hmm. that were kind of mini movies. Actually, that's a good I think thing to bring up. Is what's unfortunate that they released this first episode in the theater because it kind of ruined the chance of any of the other episodes being released in the theater. Yeah. And towards the end, there were some arcs that would have been awesome to see in the theater. And if I think if they would have waited until there was a fan base to the show and then said, "Hey, we're going to show the." This this episode arc in the theater, people would probably have gone, and it maybe would have done better. I agree, because yeah, there's tons of. You know, I wish they would go back now and you know show some of the episodes in the theater. Star Wars: The Clone Wars. It's an ambush. The Clone Commander Blaster is three blasters in one. Close combat pistol, rapid fire blaster, and for the bigger droids, the heavy rifle. Clone Commander Blaster and Rex Helmet. Each sold separately. Batteries not included. So we have a new we have a new question from kids. Truly wonderful, the mind of a child is. We do. We do. This one is from uh, Mikey, who is three years old, and Mikey got a RO4LO toy from uh, the from Force Awakens. So it was like one of those uh, Target exclusives of a twelve inch with three PO and BB eight. Mm, like the three pack, yeah, it's a cool one. He wants to know where he can find RO four LO in the movie The Force Awakens. Gabe, so did did you have any luck? Any luck, Gabe? I think I found one scene where he was in, which is when they go to the Resistance base. Basically, at the Resistance base, there's at least one of the wide shots. If you look in the background, there's actually quite a few of that type of droid. Which I think those are the new ones at the. They talked about, I think at Celebration, right, where they had the droid builder guys like designed a whole new kind of droid, and then they never really get close-ups in the movie. They named RO4LO after Lee Towersley and Oliver Steeples, 
who were the fan droid builders who were discovered out at Celebration Europe. Okay. I didn't realize that, that that's where the name came from. But yeah, you can see him, the, the, the white one, in a couple, I think in one, at least one of the wide shots. And then there's also some of the other color ones in some other shots. Like even when BB-8 rolls up to, to Poe, when they they reunite, Poe has replaced BB-8 with one in his ship. There's a black a black uh, headed one in his ship. And I found another one. If you go to one hour and thirty four minutes in, you you'll see the back of RO4LO right over Han's shoulder when he like he's saying, "Come on, let's go." Um, just before all the resistance ships are leaving uh, Starkiller Base, you can see RO4LO rolling away in the background. Yep, so he is in the movie. Better watch out for him, Mikey. Yep. Mikey, you need to watch it ten more times <laughs> to find him. <laughs> so, Gabe, we have a new iTunes review. Ooh, all right. Yeah, this is, it's good. It's good. It's from Stuntman D. And this, the review is titled, Just Discovered This Podcast and It's Epic. Ooh. Yeah. Keep up the good work. I'm a total moof milker and I can't get enough. That's it. The, 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 all right. And that's all I wrote. That, sometimes that's all you have to write. Yeah. You, you actually don't have to write anything. You can just put five stars. You can. I like hearing stuff, though. If, yeah, and, if you, and if you write stuff, actual words... We'll read your read your review on the show. Um, so yeah, you should do that. You should go after listening to this episode. Go over to iTunes, write a review. Tell us how much you love the show. Tell us how much you love the Clone Wars movie, or don't love it, or whatever. And we will read it on an upcoming show. You must contact me. So we have a very limited supply of very beautiful Blast Point stickers. That Gabe, you had made. Yes. We're going to let one lucky listener in the United States only for now, sorry, international listeners, win a Blast Point sticker. To win a Blast Point sticker, you have to correctly answer a question from Rusty Miller's Jedi Master quiz book that I'm going to read. You write your correct answer on Twitter with the hashtag Rusty Miller. Blast Points Trivia Challenge. One big hashtag <laughs> with the correct answer. You got to have the hashtag Rusty Miller Blast Points Trivia Challenge and the correct answer to win a Blast Point sticker. Okay, so here's the question. It's question number 361 from Rusty Miller's Jedi Master Quiz Book. Published in, it was published in 1982. Okay, so question 361. Who was the snowspeeder pilot who crashed into the lead walker? Okay, so go on the internet. Tweet us the answer on Twitter with the hashtag that we said before. Whatever it may be. Whatever it may be, you got to go back and listen to it. And if you're if the first answer, the first correct answer I get, uh, we'll get your address, figure it out somehow, and we'll send you a Blast Point sticker. Um, what will you do? <laughs> what will you do if they break you? Um, <laughs> what will you do with the sticker? <laughs> what will you stick it on? 
Where will you put it? Yeah, and don't forget, so this Wednesday is the 39th anniversary of Star Wars coming out in theaters, and also celebration tickets go on sale for Orlando next year, and no one knows how much they're going to be. No. (laughs) Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, people will know, because we've got to buy them on Wednesday. Our worst case will at least know on Wednesday when they ask us for money. <laughs> Give us all your money. How much to start, How much celebration tickets cost? How much you got? <laughs> right, right. Just give us your credit card. It just takes your credit card number. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this will be all we need. We'll just take your ba- we'll take your bank account. You don't you don't need that anymore. No. Can hit after you're done with the Rusty Miller trivia thing. Uh, make sure you like us on Twitter, blast underscore points. In case you're wondering, we are also on Facebook. Uh, can we, you like people on Twitter? You can you can follow people on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. You follow people. Okay. Because I'm not on Twitter, but I think I'm pretty sure you can't like people on Twitter. You can like people. You could send someone like a little message, like "I like you." <laughs> you I don't know if that would work, but you can try. You can try it. Send us a message telling us you like us. Let's, let's start a trend. We're also on Instagram. Instagram also is following. I don't think that's liking. I don't know. Yeah, I think Instagram is following, but you can like posts. You right? can you give them a little heart. You can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Give all the last points posts on Instagram hearts. Give us all your hearts. Uh, you can read. I write stuff about Star Wars over on DoomRocket.com. I'm reviewing all the episodes of Clone Wars. Uh, this week is ooh. This week is Kit Fisto. Lair Grievous. Yeah, Lair Grievous. So yeah, one of one of my favorites. Gonna be a hot one. Gonna be a hot one. Um, With Nadal. Mm-hmm. The Mon Calamari. Freaking out. He's freaking out. Yeah. He can't ahead. handle Grievous. Can't handle, I can't handle Grievous. I'd be freaking out. I'd ask for his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> I'd ask for an autograph from each hand. <laughs> Hug me with all of your robot arms, General Grievous. Yeah. Put all your arms around me, Grievous. Uh, so you're going to want to come back next week. It's going to be a big interview with, uh, with uh, me and Gabe together. Yep. It's good Tag team tag team interview so you're gonna want to tune in for that so yeah on behalf of blast point that's it well thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week yep thanks goodbye old friend may the force be with you George Lucas and his amazing creative team, they just won the Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Special Class Animated Series for Star Wars The Clone Wars. Congratulations to you all. Thank you. And I know this is a collaborative effort. Tell me, tell me, were there, uh, you're no stranger to overcoming challenges in filmmaking. Were there unexpected challenges in doing something like this that you hadn't expected? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, this is really one of the first 3D animated films for television, and uh, I think we proved that... Uh, uh, you can make these kind of shows on a budget, and everybody thought it was impossible. And we were—we also proved that you don't have to be a comedy show to uh, attract kids. You can actually do a drama, which is what we did. There's not that many animated dramas out there, 
And uh, so, you know, we moved a lot of the barriers. This is also your first Emmy, is that correct? This is my first Emmy, my second award ever. 